now. And then on the south side, it's uh, 26 degrees where they're getting a giant otter. <laughs> 40 foot otter. I know. Otter, I, I must say. I know. It's, it's pretty cool. It's taking a crane to actually put it together. I want to go see it. Yeah. I want to go see this 40 foot otter there on the uh, the riverfront. So it's I, pretty cute. Can <laughs> you imagine? Uh, we, we got a great job. It's going to take us three months. Yeah. What are you doing right now? I'm building an otter yeah. out of wood. An yeah. otter? Uh-huh. Well, what do you mean? An well, otter. well, it's kind of become the unofficial mascot right. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, although there are otters down there. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, South side talking about? They've worked on it for about two and a half weeks. Okay. And uh, I, I don't know. Well, Morrison said he hopes to bring uh, it's going to bring kids to the park yeah. and and, I, and I'm sure it will. Here's the thing though will you be able to, will they be able to play on it or is it just something that they'll I look think, at? Or? I think it's, you know, you take your selfie with the otter. Well, if you, you can know. get it all in. Well, it's true. He's a very big otter. You're going to become a dot right, exactly. when the otter will overpower you. Well, you know uh, King Charles has been in the news a lot lately. King Charles. Is he still under sedation well, no well no as far as i know he's he's uh out of the hospital and, okay. and all of that uh there's a new book out about oh, him uh the making of the king yes and apparently king charles has never met a tree he didn't like well he is an environmentalist i've heard well, well apparently he has always liked to plant trees okay fair enough um he has always been out uh, in, in the countryside planting trees. Apparently, this has ramped up since he's become king. Okay. He used to get because made he has fun less to do now as king. Whenever official. he planted a tree, because he would shake one of the leaves by the hand and say, "Good luck, tree." Oh. <laughs> Can you do it in your British voice, though? Good luck, tree. Uh, the tree planting has gone up a notch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now planting so many trees. I talked to one of his staff. They said, "Well." Whenever they ask where the king is, we say he's probably out planting a tree, and it turns out he probably is out planting a tree. How about that? He's uh, out in the garden a lot. When he's not flexing his green thumb, he maintains a daily exercise regime developed by the Royal Canadian Air Force. Oh, wow. He is still an avid skier, has been a regular visitor of the Swiss resorts since he took up the sport in 78. Okay. He skips lunch, and when he's hosting a formal luncheon, Guests can expect to see him with an empty plate. He does not eat lunch. Oh, really? He only eats breakfast and dinner. Okay. Evidently. Maybe that's how he stays in shape. Uh, And those who spend time with the king will likely freeze because he keeps his windows wide open no matter the season because he likes fresh air. Okay. When it does come time to eat, he prefers fish to red meat. Okay. His favorite dish is eggs and spinach. He loves eating eggs. He also enjoys foraging for mushrooms which he'll serve to guests at dinner okay he's also known for sharing coded messages by using his ties he sounds really maybe he's the kingsman i don't know his favorite tie (laughs) right has a t-rex motive on it it does it's uh it's pink and it has blue t-rexes all over it okay interesting um they're like, we didn't know what the deal was with the T-Rex tie, but uh, I, we think he's having a little joke about being a king with his tie. Okay. So. Maybe uh, he does have a sense of humor. Maybe. 
you know, when he's telling you not to, you know, burn your wood stoves because you're hurting the environment and that kind of stuff. Well, you might be burning his tree. Can't have that. Well, that's true. And he shook the hand of the tree. He is out of, he shakes it slowly. <laughs> that's a little odd <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just, it's different. Yeah, but apparently uh, he's he's out of the hospital. Seems to be. Well, that's good though. I'm I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. I mean, I don't wish. I still can't get used to him being king, and and I I detest well, her being. I know. Queen, hate it. Well, is that her official title? Is what is it I called? think the queen, queen consort or oh, something. Consort, still yeah. queen, yeah. which is just messed up. Are you going to the consort that... tonight? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like a concert, but it's a consort. Consort. Yeah. Hmm. It's. Sort of a concert. Okay. There is a uh, a new wave in baby boomers right now. Okay. Uh, divorce is up among baby boomers. Well, that's odd because we're all getting of, you know, Even retirement as, age and ages of, you know, the nursing homes. So older hmm. Americans are getting more divorces. Younger generations are less likely to get divorced. Okay. The divorce rates double for 55-plus Americans and tripled for those over 65. Wow. From 1990 to 2021. Tripled over 65? Why? The uptick, they say, is due to various factors. From cultural shifts and attitudes towards marriage to where those adults are currently at in life's journey. There's been an uptick in divorce among baby boomers since the 70s. They were a part of a generation that came of age in the 70s and late 60s when right. there was much more individualistic spirit. Free love. Mm-hmm. Woodstock. Yeah. Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> From the 70s onwards, mm-hmm. we've seen that the baby boomers have been more likely to get divorced, but there are other factors driving what they're calling gray divorce trend. Gray divorce, okay. After their kids have moved out, many Americans in their 50s and 60s are more comfortable getting divorced. Hmm. I think more and more couples have some appreciation for this idea that it's better for the kids' sake to remain married uh, than that your kids are more likely to flourish in school and in life if you remain married. Right. Putting kids' priorities above the marriage relationship may put couples at risk, but it particularly hurts couples in their 50s. Okay. Yeah. Um, couples who neglect investing time, energy, and attention to their spouses in favor of their kids struggle to keep the spark alive in their marriage. Self-centered mindsets and misguided romanticized views of marriage can lead couples to divorce. Yep. For sure. Well. After the kids are gone, they're more likely to say, I've done what I can and should for my children. Now it's time for me to experience romance at the age of 58 or 65 or 72 right huh yeah i don't i don't get that um just deciding oh i don't want to be married anymore i don't it's such a big deal yeah it would just take something earth shattering for me to 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 do that well it did yeah um says uh, divorce later in life can have devastating financial impacts, particularly on women. I want to blame Joe Biden, too. <laughs> just for... Because he's going down the, to the villages. The villages. That is not him. 
friendly as home. I swear it's Joe Biden. It is not. The village. America's Doesn't it look like him? Hometown. One more time, Joe. No. Hit that high note. I don't think it does. I think the infidelity and I want to stay young and I'm going to take that little blue pill to prove that I'm young and prove that I'm a man, which does neither for you, by the way, um, you know, probably thins the lining of your arteries I don't know. because of the blood flow. You know, it's like it's 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 like taking a hundred year old garden hose and say, you know what? I'm going to push enough water through this thing like a fire hose. Is is that still a thing now? I mean, what? is the is the Viagra is that? Oh, I, is that I, like still? I guess. Or was that more of a trendy thing? I'm telling you, if if I was a guy mm-hmm. and I saw that commercial, right? You know. I would be like, no thanks. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, if it lasts more than 44 days, you may need to see a doctor. Okay. I mean, there is too Sorry, much of Bob, a Sorry, Bob, I thing. can't come over for another three hours. Yeah, or, or longer. Jeez, or longer. Uh, anyway. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's sad. I, I, I do think, and when I say the villages, because... You know, because the vil- that's not, uh, the villages is actually a beautiful place. It it's is not like place. that at all. I've got friends who live there. I, I've been there. I've too. stayed there. But there, there are some. I, I saw. Wait a minute now. I saw. What's the show you watch on NBC? The reruns. Uh, uh, Dateline. Yeah. Dateline had a whole thing about these guys that bring their vans from the seventies, and they live in their vans and they try to woo women in the villages. Oh well, I'm sure that you know, that I mean, goes on, but it's not some swinging hot spot. No, it's where... not. It's not. It's a lot of people like to play golf. Yeah, you know, and all that stuff. I a friend of mine just rep. I don't play golf, so it didn't matter to me. But he's like, I'm on the I'm on the green this morning on Christmas Day, and temperatures are currently 75 at eight o'clock in the morning. And I said, you know what? I'm drinking my hot chocolate, looking at my Christmas tree. And it's 33 degrees outside, and I ain't going outside. And I'm having as much fun as you are, buddy. <laughs> what is that picture of? Oh, my gosh. So so there have been a couple of stories I've been following. Uh, one was the fact that comedians are changing their routines Oh, now. to become more woke or whatever? Well, no, no uh, just to, to keep from triggering the snowflakes. Oh, I don't think snowflakes should be allowed inside of an auditorium um, if it's a comedian. There are a lot of comics who are struggling. Well. And uh, Jay Leno mm-hmm. recently said he's gotten rid of a lot of political jokes from his stand-up routine. See, that's sad. Uh, he said, I've stopped doing politics in my act altogether. Right. Um, when I did The Tonight Show, the idea was you make fun of both sides equally. Yeah. Which is what, yeah. you know, which is what they all did. Yeah. what johnny carson did yeah sure and whoever was in office they were the prime candidate and even letterman did until george w and then he just went you know off the off the chain or rail or whatever leno said he thought the jokes were good because both republicans and democrats got angry and believed he was supporting the opposing party right you got to take a side and people are angry if you don't and i find that when i start to tell a political joke they want to know the punchline uh, before is this for or against you know so i just stopped doing it huh. i just want people to have a good time that's the idea of of doing a, a show mm-hmm. he's not the only comedian 
who has suggested the audience has become less tolerant and more demanding of performers who right. tackle politically charged topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox News host Jimmy Thalia, whose book's Cancel Culture Dictionary hit stores on Tuesday, said that people don't know the difference between a joke and a hate crime these days. And and Jimmy Falia is one of the guys that's a commentator slash comedian on Fox News. You'll see him on the mm-hmm. weekend. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He says, people go to comedy shows, many to laugh, but there's just as many you show up to find something to rebel against, <laughs> something to take a, be offended of. Right. He says, as a comedian, I've watched the lanes of speech narrow over the course of my career. Mm-hmm. The people behind cancel culture are basically deploying weaponized censorship. And they're not censoring things because they're offended. They're censoring things because there's a currency that comes with saying you're offended. Agreed. Yeah. Mm. A new study of Media Research Center found that 81% of all political jokes told on major late night comedy shows uh, targeted conservatives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I would agree. Yeah, The media watchdog analyzed of the 9,518 political jokes told between six major daily late-night shows, 7,729 of them took aim at someone or something on the right side of the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. Because they've turned it into an agenda now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it went went from comedy to commentary. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, write that down. That's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Chappelle, Jamie Kennedy, Donald Glover, Chris Rock, Cat Williams, they've all been talking about how much harder to be a comedian these days. Yeah. Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. All right, they're saying cash bar. That's what my wife thinks. It does sound like cash bar a little bit. Yeah, now that I've suggested it. <laughs> yeah. Vote for Donald Trump. Vote for Donald Trump. Okay, maybe this suggestion will work. You won't need a celebrity endorsement. Well, I will tell you, Bill Maher is uh, saying that um, that the Biden administration better wake up mm. because their MAGA message is not working. Yeah. He uh, sounded the alarm on Democrats' election strategy mm. of solely attacking former President Trump. He uh, he says that Democrats are using the strategy to distract from Biden's failures and the fact that a large majority of Americans do not feel Biden is up to the job any longer. Mm-hmm. Clay Travis said, I think ultimately what Democrats are going to try to do is disguise from the fact that 75% of Americans, that's Democrats, Republicans, Independent, Black, White, Asian, Hispanic, 75% of Americans do not think Biden has the mental or physical fitness to be President of the United States. Mm. 
And so attacking Trump for anything ultimately takes away from the question that's being asked. Does Joe Biden deserve another four years? Has he done a good job on the border? Mm -hmm. Has he done a good job on crime? Has he done a good job on inflation? Do you feel in your own trips to the grocery store that you're paying substantially more and have less in your pocket than you did before you became president? And all of these things, not to mention the war in Ukraine, the war in the Middle East right now, the deaths, unfortunately and tragically, that we just saw three of our soldiers as a result of what's going on in the Middle East. Joe Biden has brought more chaos than Donald Trump ever did. Mm Mm-hmm. And he isn't up to the job. The conversations I hear from everybody is that everybody feels unsettled. And what Biden ultimately told America when he ran, remember, the adults will be back in charge. I'll return normalcy to the White House. Does anybody feel like America feels normal today? Mm. And in nine months, I think the reason that Joe Biden is going to have incredible difficulty getting people to show up and vote for him is because he's failed at all the promises that he made. Hmm. Meyer warned uh, on Friday night's show of the two liabilities Biden has, which is polling in the past months has shown he's losing with Hispanics and people under 35. Let's take the first one. That's the issue of immigration, or at least it seems that's what the Democrats think it is. And yet they're the party that keeps losing Hispanics to the party of razor wire. Referring to Abbott. Mm -hmm. I also think it's not great strategy to run a Democratic campaign based on how can they like this guy? Because some people just do. Maybe it's better to look at why he's winning among the people who are rapists who do drugs. Right. Meyer continued, mm. whipping out his Trump impersonation in front of California Democratic Representative Adam Schiff. Hmm. I don't know. This comes uh, on the heels of J.P. Morgan Chase CEO expressing similar sentiments at the World Economic Forum, saying the Democrats' anti-MAGA rhetoric is going to hurt Biden's re-election chances. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. Is Biden going to listen? Probably not. No, he's not going to listen. Because they think they're the smartest people in the room. Oh, they do. And they and they believe they believe their own press, so to speak. Speaking of Since people... the press is on their side, for the most part. Who think they're the smartest guys in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snopes got into a little bit of deep water. Okay, for, for those of you that don't know Snopes... Debunks a lot of things that are going around the internet. They they do, and many and they times they job. are accurate. Yeah, 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 they're accurate. Yeah, on on usually. Apparently, you're telling me one that they weren't accurate on. Well, it's been more than one. <laughs> okay. I mean, they've they've had gaffes before. Right. Um, in this article, it says Snopes is the kid that thinks they're the smartest student in the room and the apple of the teacher's eye, but in reality, they're the smart aleck everybody's making fun of behind its back. Uh, Snopes, which is largely, largely taken as, as gospel by a media elite, has uh, been referred to by CNN as the Internet's oldest and best-known fact-checker. Uh, that's probably a, a fair statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they once partnered with Facebook on a truth-finding venture. Snopes' own website boasts that it's been cited in publications such as the New York Times, Washington Post, staffers have appeared on ABC, CNN, and NPR. But here's the problem. On occasion, they just get it wrong. Uh, This weekend, they reversed one of its rulings to admit that President Biden does indeed not know how to wear a hard hat. (laughs) (laughs) So he posed with a picture during a visit to union workers in Wisconsin 
and he he wore the hat backwards. He didn't even know how to put the hat on. Right. The bump caps on backwards. Oh yeah, I he, see he's the even picture. got the little the little thing is on the front of his head. Oh, I thought that I thought they were at a pool hall. That, oh no, or they're, they're, okay. he's, he's having a yeah. you know average Joe beer. Yeah, well. with them. Uh, initially, they said it does look at first glance like Biden was wearing the hard hat backwards. But after comparing it to other photos and videos of the same event, we're forced to reach the opposite conclusion. The hat on Biden's head was facing forward, built to the front, not backwards. Well, no. Yeah, there are a lot of people who wear hard hats every day crying BS on that one. Mm-hmm. So they did they did come out and reversed it. Yeah, it's actually true. Biden was wearing it backwards. The strap and the tightening knob, which should have been behind Biden's head, were on his forehead. They wrote in an updated version. So at least they fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> but that but that seems like not one they should have missed. Right. I mean, it's pretty obviously on backwards. Anybody who's ever even worn one for a little while would well, know that. You would not. think with all the things, you know, Joe was raised in Puerto Rican by Puerto Ricans. Right. He's, With he's corn pop. He drove a school bus. Sure. He's he's been lunch pail Joe ever since we've known him. Right. You would think he would get some of this right. He's hey, had the endorsement of the historic unions. miles lot uh, lotted on the uh, Amtrak. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He kept talking to that guy that retired twenty years before. Yeah. Gave his dead uncle a, a purple heart. Pur- purple yeah. heart. Yeah. Yeah. Posthumously. Yeah. That's a only, big word. Only not. He said he got it in person. <laughs> right. Oh, so many, so many gaffes, so little time. Matt Ferguson, Mike Rocco, and Betsy Ferguson coming up next. Right now in Roanoke, it's 28 degrees, as it is in Lynchburg, as it is in Danville. We're all all sinking up now. Yes. Well, it's a little warmer in the studio because we have three more warm bodies. That's right. uh, We're at fire code now. (laughs) We're at fire code. Matt Ferguson in the studio along with his wife Betsy and a special guest that I'm going to have them introduce. Of course, Lynchburg's finest real estate. And of course, Matt is our staff meteorologist wearing a couple hats. Actually, you're wearing three hats these days, I heard. Maybe even four or five. (laughs) So uh, Matt and Betsy, uh, you know, selling the real estate in our local area, surrounding areas. Uh, How are you guys doing this morning? Good morning. We're doing great. Good morning. So who's this fellow you guys brought in with you? Tell us his connection with you and and where we're going to go. Well, Mike Rocco with First Community Mortgage. He is a fellow LU alumni. Mm -hmm. And um, I have had a working relationship with Mike for many years. And uh, we have partnered with him with mortgages for our clients. And he has always gone above and beyond for us and them. And one thing about Mike is uh, he's big, a big part of the football family here in Lynchburg, too. So I'll I talk think about- my daughter may have gone to school with you, okay. Bailey. Okay. I think my daughter, Bailey, may have gone, gone to school with you at LCA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So w- which Rocco is your dad? Yeah, so Frank And bring that mic up just a little bit a little there, bit Mike. Here. Yeah, okay. there you go. Yeah, Frank Rocco is my dad. He's the athletic director at, at LCA. And then uh, Danny, his brother, was the football coach at Liberty. So... Yeah, it's a football family. Uh, somehow I landed in the finance world. I don't quite know how, but I'm glad to be here and glad to partner with Betsy and Matt. Um, it's been a great partnership, but just love serving the you know Lynchburg community with, with mortgage finance. And it's, a, it's an interesting world we live in right now, that's for sure. Well, Betsy, let's talk about some of the things that you've teamed up with Mike on and, and some of the, uh, well, the th- things that he brings to the table that's that one-two punch for Lynchburg's finest, real estate. 
Well, one is that he is just like us. He works seven days a week. And that's important because, you know, inventory is still very tight in this market. So Mm -hmm. when you need a uh, pre-qual or pre-approval letter put together quickly to really make the offer stronger, Mike is always there. Um, He continually gives back like we do. And I'm really excited about his new grant program coming up just for buyers with these higher interest rates, it's mm-hmm. just going to really help offset that for people. Sure, because rates are still a little bit up there, and hopefully they're going to trend downward. Mike, tell us uh, tell us about this grant. Yeah, so uh, like Betsy said, I mean, we're still living in a very competitive world in terms of interest rates and inventory and, uh, you know, buyers trying to make competitive offer, but also qualify for mortgages out there. So uh, this program is called Welcome Home. It's a grant. Uh, we partner our mortgage company partners with a lender out of Ohio. Um, and basically they give us uh, an allotment of money to use for grants uh, to help first time home, or not even first time homebuyers, any buyer get into a home uh, within an income limit. So it's kind of reserved for buyers, you know, under a certain income limit threshold. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great program. Uh, the thing is, it op- uh, applications open up, reservations open up March 1st, um, okay. and they go quickly. So uh, it's not something- So it's that, a limited it's amount. It's a limited amount. So right. it's not something that they just you know keep writing checks for. Uh, obviously, you know when they're giving you money, it, it's not like it's falling off trees, but um, <laughs> it's definitely the people that um, get to use it and will be able to use it will benefit greatly from it. Okay. Now, in the past, when I've refinanced a house or bought a house in the last 20 years, there was an insurance that guaranteed my loan for the first five years or whatever, and I had to pay an extra amount. Are there any connections like that to go with this grant? Or if you qualify, you're in. Yeah. So basically, you can partner it with any type of loan program that you qualify for. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not like it pigeonholes you into a certain program that maybe have hidden fees or anything like that. Really, I mean, it's just about your qualification for it. Uh, The income threshold is definitely a big factor in it. Um, You know, it looks at uh, joint household income. So um, I believe for our area, it's about 66,000, which is so, you know, it's a limited household income threshold. But you know, for those people that fall within that, that either don't have money saved up for a down payment or closing costs, it kind of gives you not only a little bit, but a, a pretty much an extraordinary amount to put towards, you know, that first down payment or closing cost amount that you need. So any of you can answer this question, including you, Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just say that $66,000, what kind of house can a person that's making that income buy? Because, you know, th- there's there's ranges of houses and it, and it doesn't apply to what I remember 20 years ago. Those numbers have grown much higher, not just because of Bidenflation. I won't pick on the president. We've just had growth and things have become more right. expensive. So what what kind of house maybe can I qualify that I could get this grant and say, can I get into a $300,000 house, for example? Well, the biggest thing is your debt to income ratio. We okay. have to start there. Sure. So if you have car payments, student loan, obviously, you know, any type of debts that you're, you're paying, Mike's got to start there. And then from there, um, I guess if you want to say, you know, there's there's no debt, yeah. you may be able to, to give a better idea of what that looks like. Uh, yeah. I just had a conversation with, uh, with a gentleman last week, and he was talking about, he, he owns his own business, and there was a, a house next door to him that that he had wanted for a long time and he and he had you know uh he, he owned his home but and, and he wanted this this piece of property and he was turned down by a couple of of banks and he really didn't understand why um and his real estate person said talk to my let's talk to my mortgage guy let's talk to him and just let him run and and just and and it won't hurt to do that and he was like okay 
and they got it all worked out mm-hmm. like in a so it does matter you know don't assume that just because you've you've run into some roadblocks and in, in other places um, because there's there's more to it than people think yes it's for, not just one formula for sure yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean that's why I consider myself and I think Betsy and Matt consider themselves advisors and not just salespeople right you know we're trying to help you not only you know get into a home but if if you have steps to take to get there you know that's what we're here for Absolutely. we're not just here for the final pro you know that mm-hmm. you know closing picture that mm-hmm. you know check that's cashed at the end we want to get you there and take you through this step and it may take a while you know mm-hmm. that's what we're that's why we're we're here you know uh there's certain you know the self-employed uh, person you just you mentioned you know there are certain guidelines that play that way as opposed mm-hmm. to being employed by you know an you know another employer so yes. right. we want to instruct that not everything is the same and may, that, it may have to look at your p and l's exactly, for five yeah, years yeah. instead so, of yeah. just your income people you know the write-offs yeah. and stuff like that mm-hmm. that people you know I, i'm and that's exactly how it ended up you know being but he almost lost something that he had really wanted for a long time and he's a, a person of faith so he's like okay lord right. if i you know if i need to let this go i'll let it go mm-hmm. so some great advice is if you're looking for a secondary property for investment or it is for your primary to go ahead and get that process started early so yeah. that when the right house does come up you're not you're scrambling and panicked and and lose mm-hmm. out potentially so sure. if, if if your debt you know to income ratio yeah. is not good and let's say you've got three car car or two car payments and maybe a motorcycle Th- these were the things that my <laughs> wife and i were looking at quite sure. frankly when we took the dave ramsey you know mm-hmm. pathway yeah. and we got rid of all those things awesome. how long does it take let's just say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give up the two cars keep the motorcycle um <laughs> payment and how long does it take for that credit sort of to come back around and be more favorable to you yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest thing in terms of credit score, mm-hmm. uh, revolving debt is a big thing. So credit card debt, things that can be paid off month- monthly, mm-hmm. uh, obviously making payments on loans over a longer period of time will help, but it's not instantaneous. So uh, the biggest thing, like I said, is if you have a credit card that's got a $20,000 limit right. and you've spent 17 on it yeah. and keep it there, that's what hurts your score. So okay. in terms of score, revolving, paying down revolving debt is a big thing. So getting your credit cards paid down. In terms of debt to income ratio, I mean, it's it can be like if you pay off debt, you can qualify tomorrow. So that's oh, okay. the biggest thing. If you have the money, okay. uh, paying off debt is always a, a great thing um, just because, again, it, it opens up your debt to income ratio to be able to qualify for more in a month. So they can get clean up fast. If, then. Clean, okay. if you have the money, it, really, that's the biggest thing okay. is, is paying off debt for sure. What do you advise people that are trying to clean it up? And they said, well, I'll just get a, a consolidation loan. Are they looked at? differently or yeah, how, how was that playing a out? lot of times consolidation loans um actually end up hurting your score in the, oh, in okay. the uh, beginning part just because credit bureaus kind of are smart they say you know we understand that you're 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 you have three payments mm-hmm. you may have one payment now but it's all the same amount of debt right you know it's not like you've really expunged any debt or paid it off it's just you've got three loans now it's one larger loan mm-hmm. maybe a smaller payment but really i don't care about the payment i care about how much debt you owe me so um now you may you know pay that off in time and, and that helps you not having three large payments mm-hmm. but in terms of the interim it really 
you know, either is the same or may have a little bit of a negative impact by getting a consolidation loan in the in the meantime. Okay, so yesterday, changing gears, still real estate, but Janet and I were talking yesterday, like where all these buildings are coming up out of the ground, the one on Gray's Mill, that is a huge, huge complex. They're everywhere. Where in the world are all these people coming from that are going to fill up these multi-dwelling, and does that hurt you guys? Because you're selling usually one-dwelling homes, not, you know, multi-dwelling units. Those are being sold by the developer themselves i don't think it hurts us i think it gives uh more excitement to the growth in lynchburg mm-hmm. uh so that community off of graves mill is rosedale and so there is going to be um it's going to be kind of like another winhurst okay but obviously you know we're 20 plus years later so right. um you know you can really learn through what's been developed in the past how to make it better um, I just think it really shows the growth here, and right. it gets it gets the younger people excited to see uh, new things continuing to come to the area. Are we having more industry? Because we are a great Absolutely. industry area. Yeah. If you think from Amherst County to down, even going south, we've got Bosch and Lom, we've got Frito we Lay. We had we used to be the conveyor capital right. back in the eighties and nineties. Now we've got Framatone that's Framatone, gonna be hiring right. hundreds of people over the next year. So yeah, they're I don't think Lynchburg is uh done by any means. It right. is still still growing and that's why you're seeing so much new development because there is still an inventory crisis, not just for people that are looking to buy, but also people who who rent. When it comes to some of these contractors, speculation was a big thing when I was in construction. You'd build a spec house, and we'd do the cabinets and countertops for it. Sometimes they'd sit. Many times they would sell. But what 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 does speculation look like right now when it comes – because the inventory is tight. Does that give the contractors a little more confidence, even with the higher interest rates? To, you know, well, I'll build a $350,000, $400,000 house. See if it sells. I got new engineers coming in for Areva and so on. I think uh, design is still important. I okay. think there are certain things that, that people look for. Um, but overall, if you have got an aesthetically pleasing product and it's priced well, definitely things are moving and it does give those contractors and builders confidence to keep moving forward. As the interest rates begin to come down, hopefully, and we'll, we'll see that as a trend, what is that going to do to house prices? We know it's going to make the market more appealing because I'm going to pay a lower payment. But do is there an adjustment with prices that go with that interest rate typically, or how does that work? So we're really back to more of that 3 to 6% appreciation year over year. So yes, house prices are going to continue to appreciate, but not at these crazy 10, 20, right. and 30%. Um, and I think Mike would agree with me that 3 to 6%. So, you know, as the rates continue to come down, which we're, we're hoping for and expecting to uh, throughout this year, Uh, the competition will heat up. We expect the spring market to be really busy. And so that means multiple offers again. It Mm -hmm. means it may be harder for a buyer to get a seller to pay closing costs. Um, I don't necessarily think that people are going to have to completely waive home inspections like Mm -hmm. they have in the past. But one thing I have noticed over really the last um, two to three months, especially because I watch new inventory every day, Mm -hmm. is there are so many as is 
homes coming on the market. And so buyers really need to be financially prepared that, yeah. you know, they may be walking into thousands of dollars of repairs. Sure. Um, and so that has been an interesting trend. It's it's not something that I advise my sellers to, to do, but I understand for some people um, that's what's best for them. All right. So talk talk to the potential buyer or seller out there why I need to gravitate towards you three. I mean, it, I think it all comes back to service. I mean, there's a lot Absolutely. of good people in our industry um, and, you know, building trust, uh, understanding that we're here for you and not just here for ourselves to make a paycheck. But the experience and the service level is kind of what we hold near and dear and we will never falter on that. I mean, I've, again, worked with Betsy and Matt and uh, and their team and it's just, that's what they pride themselves on. And I think our partnership started because they saw that that's what I prided myself Mm -hmm. on as well. Um, And this industry is not for, you know, it's not, it's not easy at times. And so as long as you hold those principles near and dear, and those are the things that you, um, interest rates will go up and down, mm-hmm. price points will go up and down, buyers will come and go. But those principles are, you know, they're your core, they're mm-hmm. to your core, their character. Right. And uh, I think that's the bottom line. You won't necessarily understand that or get that calling an online service or mm-hmm. um, just going to, you know, anybody. And I think that's kind of what we pride ourselves on. Okay. I agree. Service is, is huge to both of us. Okay. And obviously we both have um, lots of experience, years and years in the local Lynchburg market. Mike, I've got a question for you. So this um, grant program called Welcome Home for Buyers, is there like a waiting list they can get on even though it opens March 1st? So you can call me for sure. Um, We can't have necessarily a contract prior to March 1st, but um, obviously the more we know about you and the more we know your interest, the more we can be ready to move whenever the time comes. So, um, you know, definitely reach out. I would not say don't hesitate uh, to reach out till March 1st, reach out now. Okay. Um, even if you have to, you know, find the home of your dreams now and the welcome home is not for you. We have other great programs that, um, either allow little to no money down, uh, to get you into a home. Um, so yeah, I would say don't wait. Um, you know, if, if you find the home of your dreams, mm-hmm even with interest rates slightly higher than they were a few years ago. If you talk to, um, you know, older generations, they'll say, oh, interest rates aren't that high. You just, right. uh, you know, I was buying home at 12%. And right. I, I, I love hearing those stories because it re kind of grounds you on like, uh, it's the recency bias or whatever of where the market was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we understand that price points have moved and interest rates have moved. So that's affecting people's monthly payment with inflation and all that. But, you know, the peop- there's still people that need to move out there. You know, there's uh, people moving to the area mm-hmm. or uh, whatever the case may be that's causing people to have to move. We don't, we want to sure. be able to serve them well. And um, we always say, you know, if you lock in an interest right now and move into a home, that's the highest your payment will ever be. So if you're comfortable right. with it, rates will all, you know, always cycle back. Mm-hmm. And so we'll refinance you in sure. a year, two, three years, whenever that comes and your payment will go down. So right. if you're comfortable now and you get into the home now uh, with a little bit less competition in the market, because interest rates are a little bit higher, you know, you, you could be in a great place Position, three years from sure. now. Well, and don't wait refinance. until, until you're scrambling, like we said before, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah. So you can call me at my, I mean, I, I work off my, my cell phone number. So mm-hmm. it's four, three, four, nine, four, four, zero, four, three, zero. Uh, or you can email me at mike.rocco at fcmhomeloans.com uh, or online at my website is roccomortgages.com. So any of those three ways, my contact info is is there and present. Uh, or you can contact me, uh, 
Matt and Betsy. Uh, they have my contact as well. So I okay. uh, would love to, you know, just chat. I mean, that's the bottom line to get the process started. Being the old fart that I am, uh, <laughs> RoccoMortgages.com is going to be my easiest remembrance. Matt, go. <laughs> we got to go to break, but we want you to tell us what we're going to see for the next 24 hours real quick. And okay. then uh, thanks yeah, for yeah, being so, here. For yeah, sure. we got a weak storm system moving through for tonight. Mainly the snow is going to be in the mountains. Our area, rain showers, but maybe some wet snowflakes mixed in. But if you're looking for snow, we've got colder weather in the forecast as we head into February. I just want one good snow. Just one. We already had one. Don't... <laughs> That was not a real snow. I know. She's wanting a foot. (laughs) Did you see how Matt just switched to the weather guy? Just like that. Bam. Bam. Off with this hat, on with the other. It's 8.53. Janet's going to have a couple good stories to take us home. And then, uh, well, we have uh, other programming the rest of the day. It is 8.53. Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. Oh my gosh. We only got about three minutes. Let her rip. Yeah. A little respect, please. Sorry. For Denise. You know, I had a thing for Denise Williams. She is one talented lady. Anyway. I was watching an old Will and Grace. Jack always uh, stalked. Kevin Bacon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he sneaks into his house. Oh, and he, and that is really stalking. It's so funny. Holy cow. And, and he's hiring. He's on his phone with his wife, Kara, and he's hiring for a personal assistant. And so Jack just joins in the line <laughs> to be his personal assistant. It's so funny. Wow. He's like, oh, my alarm went off. It's time to go stalk Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, now I stalk Bacon, but not Kevin Bacon. Uh, yeah, not the same thing. <laughs> I know. Hey, um, a lot of people aren't. You were asking uh, uh, Rocco about the who was going to win oh, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. He yeah. said I can't bet against the Chiefs. Right. A lot of people don't want either one to win. I, I've never oh, really? seen so much hate come towards both teams. This is just like the presidential election on social media. Wow. People are so put out. They're, wow. If they're not angry about who's in the Super Bowl, they're angry about you know Taylor Swift and her involvement. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's something you can't be upset about okay. though. The Clydesdales are coming. Are they coming back? A yes. new commercial, maybe? They're making a Super Bowl return. Awesome. They're they're actually. I mean, they're they're returning. Uh, Boy, the but, iconic horses are returning in their in their advertising. Budweiser's really trying, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they really <laughs> are. If anything back. could win them over, well, it could be the horses. It would be the horses. You're you know, right. we brought them to Lynchburg. Yeah. for Cheers, mm-hmm. and it was quite magnificent. Yeah. Oh, they are. They're just. I mean, Beautiful. that was, but they are. I've, I've had a chance to see them at a NASCAR race. Couldn't believe how big they were. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the ad push is expected to deliver plenty of nostalgia, mm-hmm. which heaven knows you need it, Budweiser. If you, <laughs> you need to try to harken back those warm, fuzzy feelings. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, people have short memories. Yeah, true. There may be some people that will return to the brand two favorite commercials the one where the the horse kicks the field goal and then the one where the horse the zebra is the referee and they're watching the oh, play over and that. over and over again yeah such well, creativity have had they've had some great commercials over the year yeah, but why 
I mean, I've forgotten about yeah, that one. I love that one. <laughs> I just thought it was great. You did a. How did you do that? I don't know. One more time. Bud. Bye, sir. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow, guys. Make today awesome, and it's a little too early for Bud. Why, sir? Get a little bit. <laughs> Groovy Tuesday. Though so there are some days, you know. <laughs>